Bismillah, Bismillah, Alhamdulillah, Wassalatu Wassalamu Ala Rasulillah, Wa Ala Alihi Wa Sahbihi Wa Mawala, Amma Ba'ad, Assalamu Alaikum Wa Rahmatullahi Ta'ala Wa Barakatuh. How's everybody doing? Alhamdulillah, fantastic. So today, Alhamdulillah, we are continuing with Arba'in Al-Nawi and we've reached, Alhamdulillah, Hadith number 30. And this Hadith is on the authority of Abu Tha'laba Al-Khushani Jurthum Ibn Nashir عنه, who said that the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu said what? إِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَ فَرْضَ فَرَائِضٍ فَلَا تُضَيِّعُوهَا وَحَدَّ حُدُودًا فَلَا تَعْتَدُوهَا وَحَرَّمَ أَشْيَاءَ فَلَا تَنْتَهِكُوهَا وَسَكَتَ عَنْ أَشْيَاءَ رَحْمَةً لَكُمْ غَيْرَ نِسْيَانًا فَلَا تَبْحَثُوا عَنْهَا So this is a very interesting hadith. The Prophet says, Indeed, Allah Ta'ala has laid down obligations, religious obligations, so don't neglect them. And He has set limits, so don't overstep them. And He has forbidden some things, so don't violate them. And He has remained silent about some things out of mercy and compassion for you, so uh, uh, not out of forgetfulness, so do not seek after them. The hadith, it essentially mentions that what? Allah Ta'ala laid down obligations, you have to do them. And prohibitions, stay away from them. You know, limits, stay away from them. And, you know, uh, or a certain limit, and then prohibitions that you should remain away from. But then, there's the, the portion that's really quite interesting and that really stands out, is that it mentions what? That Allah Ta'ala has remained silent about certain things. Obviously, the Qur'an doesn't, uh, you know, mention every word and every topic and so on and so forth. So, certain things are not mentioned. And the Prophet says that this is out of mercy and compassion for you. This is out of kindness to you, not out of forgetfulness. And this can also be a reference to both Qur'an and Hadith, that the Prophet talked about a lot of things. But you might say, well, he didn't talk about this. Well, that's not out of forgetfulness, like Allah Ta'ala forgot to reveal it to him. That could be simply a matter of Allah Ta'ala knows best what to and what not to reveal. But then the Hadith says a command. So when it comes to those things that haven't been mentioned, don't seek after them. Now, this is the part that gets contentious. What does that mean, don't seek after them? Well. The first thing that we have to mention is that this is mentioned in Sunan al-Darqutni. This hadith actually is weak in its chain. And so even though it comes from multiple different chains, it seems that if you even add all of them up, it still doesn't become Hassan al-Ghairi. It still becomes a weak narration. However, even though it's weak, uh, it seems that the meaning of it is still correct. So even though we can't substantiate that this, these exact words came from Prophet we can't say it 100%, it seems that the meaning is still uh, very much uh, relevant and true, specifically because Allah Ta'ala mentions in Surah Al-Ma'idah, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu la tas'alu an ashya in tubdalakum tasukkum. Allah Ta'ala says what? O oh, you who have believed, do not ask about things which, if they are shown to you, will distress you. So this is similar in nature, it's a similar concept. Anyway, I digress. How can this hadith be interpreted? How do we understand this hadith if, let's say, we, uh, let's say it is indeed uh, you know, accurate? How do we interpret it? How do we understand it? Well, when the hadith says that you know, some things have been, you know, there's been silence about it, and therefore, this is a mercy, this is not forgetfulness, so don't seek after them. What does that mean? Three different interpretations, all of which are quite fascinating. Number one, it could mean that this is a reference to the time of the Prophet. And the Prophet is saying what? Allah Ta'ala is telling me what to talk about and the things that I don't talk about, it's not out of forgetfulness. It's because Allah Ta'ala did not tell me to teach these things. So you don't need to come and say, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? Why? Because sometimes if you've ever been in a classroom, and this is, I mean, I'm sure we've all experienced this, sometimes one student hijacks the class, right? One student just keeps asking, keep asking. I remember one time in one, <laughs> subhanAllah, I, I think some of us, we actually calculate. We're like, is this person still going on? Like it was, it was like, something ridiculous, like a full hour of the whole class was just taken up with one person 
so persistent. And it was like, look, you know, there are other people here. You need to trust the teacher. Let the teacher teach. You know, and you should have good assumptions of the per of the teacher that they know what to teach and what to leave out. Because when you keep asking, keep asking, it's like an assumption that oh, maybe you forgot this. Let's clarify it. You know, and so the Prophet is basically telling the Sahaba, listen, there's going to be things that I clarify and other things that I leave alone. You don't have to go down some route of you know some rabbit hole asking a bunch of questions as if I forgot something to say. Why? Because Allah Taala is the one revealing to me. So this is one way of understanding this uh, hadith. And it's very important also in a classroom, it's beautiful to ask questions, but don't hijack the classroom and completely make it all about yourself. That's not fair to the other students. Number two, another second interpretation of this hadith is what? It's perhaps that this statement is directed to the layman. It is not directed to the scholars, it's a possibility. Because scholars, you know, they're supposed to go deep into matters, right? They're supposed to specialize. They're supposed to go uh, deeper into matters. But when it comes to the layman, they're not exactly equipped to debate certain, you know, contentious issues. And so you find oftentimes people will say, well, I think this about a very contentious, contentious matter. And then, uh, you know, well, I think that. And I mean, I, I, I'm, alhamdulillah, we have a lot of doctors in our community. And I always give this analogy. And because I've seen it so many times when doctors get frustrated and they cringe so much when people who have no idea what they're talking about are giving big opinions about big medical matters. And you see them, it's like their heads are going to explode. You know, it's like, you know, I went to school for this, right? Like, you know, I'm actually trained. Like, you guys are just saying, well, I think this. Well, I think that. And people have so, such big opinions. Like, you know, if somebody believes you, they could get, get themselves killed. Like, please don't just give your opinion like that. So in that exact same way, Anybody who specialized in any field doesn't appreciate when people go very deep into a matter that they have no idea what they're talking about, right? Obviously, we're going to talk about things and we're going to say, look, in my humble opinion, this, that, or the other. Okay, fine. But to really go deep and to really have a deep discussion and have a strong opinion about a matter when that's not really your field, uh, you know, you should stay away from this. Wallah Adam, that's another way of understanding this hadith. And a third way, and perhaps this is what I'm going to be focusing on for the rest of the uh, yeah, dars, inshallah, is what? Don't waste your life with irrelevant questions that, number one, have no practical application, right? Which, which way is Qibla on the moon? Don't worry, you're not on the moon. Don't worry about it, <laughs> right? So, just anyway. So, that's one. Number two, uh, 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 don't waste your life with what? Number one, questions that have no practical application. Number two, with what? Uh, uh, that distract from real issues. Right? That distract from real issues. That's a really important one. Because sometimes we go deep into an issue that really doesn't have any real world application. Meanwhile, there's a bunch of things we are neglecting that are serious. And number three, only lead to confusion. There are some matters that you just go deeper and deeper. Personally, I find this the case when it comes to um, certain, sometimes philosophers will go so deep into trying to understand the essence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's like, look, man. It's very noble to appreciate Asma'ullah and to analyze the ayat of the Qur'an and the ahadith and even philosophically to, to, to understand certain ideas that, that really make a lot of sense that establish the proofs of God. But at a certain point, at a certain point you have to realize I'm talking about something that is beyond time, matter and space. I'm talking about something that is beyond my comprehension. You have to set limits at some point and just submit to the fact that look, Allah Ta'ala is beyond my understanding. I am just a ball of water and mud, you know, and there's only so much I could possibly understand. So SubhanAllah, we have to have a little bit of humility. Furthermore, the Prophet said with regards to these issues, Allah Ta'ala, uh, the Prophet said what? Halakal which means what? Ruined and destroyed are the hair splitters. The people who indulge in matters where they split hairs. Or in other words, they go into matters so finely and so deeply that it becomes nauseating. It's ridiculous. It's unbeneficial. And it's just uh, nonsensical. This is in Sahih Muslim. That uh, the Prophet is saying these people are ruined. 
And subhanAllah, they just want to keep going deeper and deeper into matters that have no benefit just because it's similar to a chess game. You know, it's just intellectual, you know, oh, let me, what if I say this? What if I say that? What if, what, you know, let's just keep going back and forth. What's the point? Nothing. It's arbitrary. Well, life isn't arbitrary. You shouldn't be wasting your life, you know, uh, and getting people all, you know, high blood pressure and, and you, know, you know, getting so contentious about things that you don't even care about. You're just doing it as a game. Uh, you should really focus on things that matter. And furthermore, you should ask questions when you're prepared to apply the answer. And I can definitely say that I, I've experienced this. I know there are people that are much more experienced than me, much more knowledgeable, knowledgeable than me, that have experienced this way more. When somebody comes and asks you a question and you get the impression that they have no interest in applying the answer. Simple example, young guy comes up to you, is it haram that I have a girlfriend? My response, if I say it's haram, are you gonna break up with her? He's like, not really. I'm like, why are you asking? What is the point? Well, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? You have no object, you have no intention of actually listening to my answer. You, if you, if you genuinely want to ask a question, you should go with the intention of saying, okay, Ya Allah, if I'm convinced, if I'm given solid reason and evidence to prove the position, either for or against, Ya Allah, my job as a sincere Muslim is to say the moment I'm convinced, I'm going to submit to it. That's the mindset you want to go into when you go ask questions. But just this attitude of, you know, it's like reading the newspaper casually. Just, you know, oh, just, you know, nonsense information. I don't really care. Just frivolous, you know, just uh, for fun. This is a bad attitude. It's disrespectful to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's disrespectful even to the person that you're asking because the person feels insulted. And that's obviously the, the bigger issue is insulting the deen and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are the big things. But still, it is kind of disrespectful when you're like, look, you're asking me a question, but I know you don't care. Like, why are you doing this? It's not very nice. <laughs> it's not very polite. And subhanAllah, there is a hadith with, uh, in regards to this that the Prophet ﷺ, he once was addressing a people and he said, uh, Oh people, Allah has ob obliged for you hajj, so go make hajj. Man stood up, A man was asking in the, in the crowd, Ya Rasulullah, every year? Silent. Ya Rasulullah, every year? Three times. Ya Rasulullah, every year? Then the Prophet said, he said, if I said yes, it would become obligatory and you can't even do it. What's the point? Why are you doing this? Why are you asking me every year? Oh, okay, I said yes. Now what? You're going to go every year? You know you're not. Why would you ask with the intention of not even applying the answer? This is the wrong attitude to begin with. And then the hadith goes on to mention that the Prophet said that leave with me that which I have left, uh, uh, left to you for those who were before you were destroyed because of their excessive questioning and their op uh, opposition to their uh, prophets. So when I command you to do something, do as much of it as you can within your power. And when I forbid you from something, then abandon it. This is in Sahih Muslim. So yes, um, Imam Malik has a very beautiful quote in this regard. SubhanAllah, Imam Malik, look at the, the beautiful you know, wisdom that he said to his student, uh, Abu Mishar. He said, uh, he says, لا تسأل عما لا تريد فتنسى ما تريد فإنه من اشترى ما لا يحتاج إليه باع ما يحتاج إليه. He says, don't ask about things that you don't really care about because you'll forget about the things you actually do or should care about. And he says, it's like the person who purchases what he doesn't need by selling what he does need. That's really a brilliant statement. Why would you take the things that you have, sell them, and then go buy the things that you don't need? This is a horrible idea. And in that same way, when you are constantly spending your time and your energy and your mental capacity and your mental bandwidth, it's all being focused on things that don't matter to you then what are you doing? You are wasting precious time and energy and you know, your, your, your memory and your thoughts and your attention and everything. You're wasting on what? 
things that don't matter, and therefore you are wasting away the things that do matter. SubhanAllah. So, yes. And furthermore, there's an interesting uh, quote. Atta rajulun al-Sha'bi. Faqal, masmu imra'ati iblis. Qala thalika ursun ma shahidhu. So famous, uh, <laughs> famous. He says, a man came to a Sha'bi and he said, uh, what is Iblis's wife's name? And so he responded, he said, that's a wedding I didn't attend. <laughs> so pretty good. Pretty, I wasn't there. I didn't go to the wedding. Sorry, I wasn't, I wasn't invited. I didn't get the invite. So pretty, pretty clever response. But the point is that, look, what's, what difference does it make to you, this idea, Iblis, wife, and what's her name? And what are you talking about? This has no relevance to reality. So, you know, you can leave these things alone. Ultimately, there is a hadith, which is definitely, uh, alhamdulillah, authentic. It's considered Hassan al-Ghayri by Az-Zarqani in uh, Mukhtasar al-Maqasid. So it seems to be an authentic hadith. And the hadith is, and I love this hadith. Honestly, we should all memorize this hadith. It's such a short, concise, beautiful hadith. We should really put it in our minds and really mention it often. Husn al-Su'ali nisful ilmi. I love this hadith. It's so true. Husn al-Su'ali nisful ilmi. Good questions are half of knowledge. What a beautiful statement. How often it is the case that you find that people, they don't take the time to think about what their questions are. They don't take the time to really figure out what's bothering them or what their issues are. And so because you never ask the right questions, you never get the right answers. I'll give you an example. I was, during my Islamic studies, I remember one guy used to sit next to me, who's gonna remain nameless, alhamdulillah. A certain brother used to sit next to me and the guy would raise his hand in class and ask a question. But the thing is, his questions were kind of all over the place, right? And you know, the people in the class would kind of be looking back and forth, like, I'm not sure what he means. And the teacher would be like, I'm, I don't know where you're going with this. It didn't go very well. So I, I was sitting next to the guy and I would give him advice. I'd say, listen, it looks like, you know, I say, you know, you see he has another question. I'd say, listen, before you ask your question, write it down. And so he'd start typing away. And then as he's typing, I'm like, you can edit it too, by the way. Like after writing it once, that's your first draft. Write a second draft, change one word. Add another word, take another word away, make it shorter, make it a little bit longer, fix it, make it clearer. You know, again, come on, keep going, keep going. And then, mashallah, I remember there was times where, raise his hand, you see him, now he's got the confidence, right? And then, yeah, go ahead. And you'd read it off so clear, and you'd see everybody's faces like, that's a great question. Oh, I got that same question too. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's figure this out. And I said, well, see, you know, you just have to take your time. Sometimes you have a chaotic mind and you don't really take the time to think what your question is. And then you feel like, I don't know why I don't get good answers. Habibi, you never even thought about the question properly. You didn't learn to word it clearly, right? So anyway, point being that husnus su'ari nisful ilmi. Beautiful hadith, so applicable, so necessary. Think about your questions. And I'll tell you one more story. I remember, mashallah, in my home, hometown, there was a sheikh named Sheikh Abdurrahman. Uh, mashallah, uh, Syrian sheikh, and who's from a lineage of scholars too as well. Mashallah, he's from a family of scholarship. Very, this guy, he was a he was a complete encyclopedia this man was so brilliant anyway this man mashallah i would go to his classes and i would always show up because throughout the week i would be writing down my questions writing down my questions writing down my questions and it bothered me that other students wouldn't do this why because sometimes he would give a dars and then when he'd say are there any questions people would just ask questions that were only related to whatever the last person asked, you know? So if some person asks about salah, they say, oh, I have another question about salah. And then, oh, I have another question about salah. But if somebody else, let's say the first person asked about, let's say, charity or zakah. Oh, I got another question about zakah. I got another question. Which goes to show what? They have lots of questions, but they never wrote them down. They just wait to get triggered by something and say, oh yeah, yeah, I've always wondered this. I've always wondered that. To which my response would be, why haven't you written any of these down? Why is it that you always wait for someone to trigger you and say, oh yeah, I should ask about these things. That's not very professional. So I tried to, not do that. I tried to write down my questions 
And alhamdulillah, I benefited so much from this man's knowledge. May Allah Ta'ala bless him. And so my suggestion is nowadays, you know, it wasn't like back in the day where you had to write down on paper. Nowadays, alhamdulillah, we have phones. Take the time to write down your questions and have a whole, you know, notepad, a whole section that says, you know, questions for scholars, so-and-so and sheikh. So and plus, you can connect to scholars online and, and ask them uh, quickly as well. So that makes things a lot easier. Let's take uh, knowledge seriously and ask our questions properly. I also want to mention that subhanAllah, in Fatiha, 17 times a day we're making dua that we don't go down the path of maghdubi alayhim and who? Abdalin. And as we know, the hadith describes that these are our predecessors, al-Yahud wa nasara The Jews and the Christians before us, they went down two roads and they both made mistakes. And you know, instead of veering off to the right or to the left, we want to stay on the straight path. And so we can go into detail as how they veered off and what was the differences between them and in what ways did they go to extremes. We could talk about all that on another time, inshallah ta'ala, when we, when we do inshallah uh, tafsir surah al-Fatiha. But one thing that I think is fascinating is that in the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about asking bad questions for both the Jews and the Christians. When I refer to the Bani Israel, which questions am I talking about? Who knows? Who knows the answer? Baqarah, fantastic. Quick, easy, right? Right? What color is the cow? How big is the cow? Did the cow work? Did I? Wasn't sincere, right? Asking ridiculous questions. I said slaughter an animal, uh, slaughter a cow, just do it. Instead, they made it more specific, so difficult upon themselves to make it bright yellow, strong, middle-aged, never been put to work, and uh, not spotted. SubhanAllah, they made it so hard on themselves because of their nonsense questions. What about in the Qur'an? When does Allah Ta'ala talk about the Nasara, the Christians, and them asking too many questions that were nonsensical? Uh, this is the tougher one. Huh? Ma'idah? No, no, not Ma'idah. Some, something that you read on Friday. Kaf, yeah, yeah. What, right? What's the ayah? Those of you that know, Ashab al-Kaf were people who believed in La ilaha illallah, Isa Rasulullah. This was at the time, after Isa alayhi time, there were believers and Ashab al-Kaf, and Wallahu ta'ala alam, it seems that they lived in Turkey, around that area, and they lived amongst a society of people that were doing shirk and, and, and you know, had all sorts of false beliefs, but there was a group of them that believed in the oneness of Allah and believed in their, their prophet of their time, this was before the Prophet Muhammad they believed in Isa alayhi salam, but it was after the time of Isa alayhi salam. So somewhere between the 600 years period between those two prophets, alayhi salatu salam. Point being is that these believers, they were, and by the way, the Catholics, they know about this. They call them the seven sleepers. So they say seven. They call them the seven sleepers. You can look this up, stuff up. It's, it's, it's well known in the, in, in the Catholic tradition. Point being is that these were believers who believed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and then they were persecuted, and then they miraculously were, uh, you know, uh, made to sleep for an extended period of time. As we know, you all know the story of Surah Al-Kahf. The point is that Allah ta'ala criticizes those who were Christians afterwards who asked ridiculous questions. Four or were they five? And the, 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 was, the, was the, dog, the dog number six or was the dog number seven? Allahu Akbar. And Allah Ta'ala says what? This is a very incredible ayah. Allah Ta'ala, you would have expected the sentence to say, uh, say, my Lord knows about their number and nobody knows it. Nobody knows it. Nobody knows the number except for a few. But Allah Ta'ala doesn't say that. Allah says, ما يعلمهم. Nobody knows them. What is the idea there? Allah Ta'ala is saying, you're focused on the number. And instead of saying, n n very few know it, Allah says, very few know them. Like, you don't understand who they were personally. In other words, who cares about the number? You're so concerned about the number, and you're like, oh, but Allah, oh, Allah and a few people know what it is, what the number is. Allah is saying, forget the number completely. The number doesn't matter. The fact is, we, these are young people who didn't even have a prophet with them. These are people who are not professionals. They didn't have an army. They didn't have anything. All they had was faith in Allah. And Allah Ta'ala miraculously saved them. 
They, this, they weren't with a Nabi that did a miracle for them. They were just miraculously saved by themselves. You don't know how, how few people understand this. Who knows them? You need to understand them, not their number. Who cares if they're wearing a blue shirt or a red shirt or this or that or the other? It doesn't make a difference. Understand the essence of what is going on here. So the, even the wording of it, يَعْلَمُهُمْ instead of يَعْلَمُهَا This is incredible, subhanAllah. And it's so powerful and beautiful. And I mean, think about that. We're saying And in both cases, there are instances when both of these predecessors of ours went down the wrong path of asking ridiculous wrong questions, which should double emphasize that Muslims don't do this. Don't go down this path of focusing on what's not important and then losing track and losing sight of what is important. Now, this is why we make the dua, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min ilmin la yanfa'. This is such a powerful dua, especially because we're making dua, Oh Allah, I take refuge in you from knowledge that doesn't benefit. Keep in mind, this is at a time when the Prophet ﷺ was what? In the desert. This is at a time when the Prophet ﷺ was amongst the Sahaba. No phones, no internet, right? No laptops, right? No YouTube, no, none of that. None of that existed at that time. And even then, they were making dua, Oh Allah, save me from this dangerous, horrible thing. I take refuge in you from what? This dangerous thing that is what? Useless overload of information at that time. How much more does it apply to us today? where we can't get away without a blue, blue, little notifications every, every second of the day, some of these things going off and telling us nonsense that half of it doesn't even matter. SubhanAllah, may Allah protect us. So if that dua was applicable then, you, have to, you can only imagine how applicable it is today. And furthermore, the way you ask questions, you know, husnu su'ali nisfu al-ilmi, right? Good questions are half an hour. The way you ask a question says so much about you. For example, imagine you're a teacher and then one student comes up to you and says, what do I have to study to pass? Versus the kid that comes up and says, what do I have to study to get 100% and also get the bonus questions? How can, I, how can I get 100? How can I get the bonus questions as well? Now, what does that tell you, right? It, everybody understands that one, one student is looking for 100 and hopefully over 100. Versus the other kid, he's thinking, what can I do to get a 60? Just, I just want to just get over the line. I just want to pass the 60 mark. Look at how many ahadith we find in which the Prophet is asked, Ya Rasulullah, how can I be the best? Ya Rasulullah, what's the best deed? Ya Rasulullah, what's the best action? What's the best sadaqah? What's the best this? When's the best salah? What's the best? Ya Rasulullah, what's the best? And what we find nowadays, young, young people come up, is this haram? Is it really bad if I do that? Is it really bad if I do this? Is it really so wrong if I do that? I mean, can't I still kind of do that? Isn't it kind of okay in my case? Right? SubhanAllah, why are we aiming at the 60% when we should be aiming at the uh, 100 and even above, inshaAllah ta'ala? So, uh, with that, I'll close. And uh, I have some small personal points that we ha I, I want to mention about this uh, community, but I'll mention after we uh, <laughs> stop the recording, inshallah. Jazakallah khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.